بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم اللهم لا علم لنا إنما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم اللهم افتح لنا حكمتك وانشر علينا رحمتك يا ذا الجلال والإكرام وصلي لهم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله الكرام ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله اللهم افتح لنا فتح العارفين وفقنا توفيق الصالحين وزدنا علما وصلي لهم على سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما so So we're on the um, eighth maqam. And the way he structured this book is that he does what's called, what he called tadalli, and then he has taraqi. So he goes from the ninth maqam, and then he goes down to the first maqam. And then he goes up from the first lowest maqam of the vari Then each group, the vari nafsi has three maqamat. The Muqtasid has three, and the Sadiq bir Khairat has three. So there's nine altogether. So he deals with each maqam, but the, in the first section of, the first half of the book is Tadalli, it's going down. So he starts at the top where he is, and he goes down to the bottom, in order to show you the ladder. What he does in the second half is he does the Taraqi, to show you how to go up that ladder, how to ascend the ladder. So... Um, So we're on the eighth maqam, and we, we did that, the maqam of the khawas al-ulama, the ahkamillah. And this is the maqam of sa'atan sa'atan, you know, little by little. Uh, you're either in something important or more important, but you're in something important. And then the seventh maqam is that an yakun fi muhimmin, illam yakun fi aham, that uh, he's in something that's important. If he's not in, it's similar to the eighth. Maqam, uh, but it's it's less because the in in the eighth maqam he's going to be uh, these are for the khawas of the ulama of the ahkam of Allah. The first one are the the ulama of Allah and the ahkam of Allah. This one is the ulama of the ahkam of Allah. This next one is it's it's. Uh, it's it's less it's similar but it's less than the eighth and and um, and he mentions the the importance of studying knowledge which we went over yesterday and Ibn Wahbin's uh, experience that he had so um, he talks also about 
taking a reward for prayer. And he goes into that because it was a very important issue in the early period of Islam. And that's where we left off yesterday. So he says, So he's quoting uh, the Mufti Saraqusti, uh, in which he says, so to take a reward for praying is a type of ijara. It's like it's like uh, you're you're renting him for the, the the action. So it's like a you're hiring him to do a particular thing, which is the imama. And he says, you know, min al-wara to get out of. Khidaf uh, is good because the ulama differed on this. Some of them said the imam could not take a ratib. Others said the mu'adhin could because he has to go early. So not everybody has to. But for the imama, you, you have to have a group praying in the masjid. So somebody has to be there. So he has to be there anyway. So why should he take a ratib on it? These were the debates of the early Islam. And so some of the the scholars argued that no, they shouldn't uh, take it. And others said that it's, as society gets more complicated, you need the imams, you need, and so taking the ajr is not. And then the ahbas, which is the North African way of talking about endowments, because in the East they say awqaf, in the, in, in the West they say ahbas or hubus. So it's wizarat al-ahbas or wizarat al-hubus. So the Moroccans know that term because that's what they use. Um, and they both come from the, uh, the hadith. Uh, one uses habis, you know, like to tahbis, and the other uses awqif, right? So, um, so he says, قَالَ شَارِحِ الْحِكَمِ إِنْهُ بَيِّنَا فِيهَا طَرِيقَ الْعَارِفِينُ مِنْ هَاجِ السَّارِكِينَ وَأَمَّا مَنْ عَدَهَا أُولَاءِ مِنْ مَقْتَصِدًا أَوْ ظَالِمٍ لِنَفْسِي إِذَا لَمْ تَكُنْ فِيهِ دُرَحَةٌ فَالْعِلْمُ لَهُ رَحْمَةٌ وَإِنْ لَمْ تُدْرِكُ خَشْيَةٌ So he's talking now about al-ilm, uh, in the hikam, al-ilmu in qaranatu al-khashatu falaka wa illa alayk. Knowledge, if it is coupled with awe of God, then it's for you. If not, it's against you. He argues that that's actually, that's for this highest maqam. That's not for the lower maqams because not everybody has khashya. And so he says, still knowledge is better. And he gives the example, So the mutaqiyah shirk, there are five categories of, of taqwa. The first and least of all of them is the one who fears shirk. Every Muslim has that maqam. And in that way, they all enter into those ayahs that talk about the mutaqeen. But there's also the taqwa of kabair, because somebody fears shirk, but he falls into enormities, major wrong actions. Then there's the muttaqi as-sagair, those who fear the lesser actions. And then there's the muttaqi al-mubahat, those who actually fear, uh, this is the highest maqam, those who fear even the permissible things, because like Imam Ali said, ad-dunya mal'unatun. Halaluha hisab wa haramuha iqab. This dunya is really a damned place because what's permissible in it is a reckoning and what's haram is a chastisement. 
So you're going to be reckoned for what you take from it. And this is why a lot of these arifin, what they would do was take the mubah and make it into uh, the mandub or even the wajib by niyyah, uh, which is a high maqam. So he says that if somebody learns and then acts according to his knowledge, he's obeyed Allah in two things, in the learning and then in the acting according to the knowledge. And then he says uh, that وَإِن لَمْ يَعْلَمْ وَلَمْ يَعْمَلْ فَقَدْ عَصَى اللَّهُ مَعْصِيَتَيْنَ But if he's ignorant and he's disobedient, he's disobeyed Allah with two ma'asiyahs, with two acts of disobedience. Being ignorant and not acting according to it. وَإِنَ عَلِمَ وَلَمْ يَعْمَلْ بِمُقْتَضَ عِلْمِهِ فَقَدْ أَطَعَ اللَّهَ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَلَى طَاعَةً وَعَصَاهُ مَعْصِيَةً قَالَهُ شِهَابُ دِينَ الْقَرَافِ So he said, whereas if he learns and doesn't act according to it, he's, he's only <laughs> done one sinful thing. So it's better, what he's saying is, it's still better to learn and not acting, and act according to your knowledge than it is to learn, to not learn and just disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now some of the Sufiya would, would say that the danger of learning and not acting according to your knowledge is Allah might excuse the ignorant one. So don't get deluded by this. Like, he might excuse the ignorant one because he, he just doesn't know. Whereas he afforded you the opportunity to learn knowledge because not everybody is afforded that opportunity to sit with the scholars and to learn and have this knowledge transmitted to them. And so not to act according to this great gift that you've been given is like throwing the gift back in, 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 in the giver's uh, face to use an analogy. So, then he says, فَقَدْ حَصَرَ مِنْ هَذَا إِنَّ الْعِلْمَ نِعْمَةٌ Knowledge is a blessing. وَالْعَمَلَ بِهِ نِعْمَةٌ And acting according is a blessing. So there's two blessings. The blessing of knowledge and the blessing of acting according to it. يَسْأَرُهُمْ الْعَبْدُ مِنْ رَبِّهِ مُفَرَّقَيْنِ This is a really amazing insight. When you ask Allah, the dua, the famous dua of the Prophet, when he asked Allah, he asked him for both separately. He didn't ask him for them together. He said, they're together in the statement, but they're distinguished as separate in, in the dua. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, the Prophet said, Allahumma arini al-haqqa haqqa warzuqni attiba'a. So show me the truth as truth. That's the knowledge. Warzuqni attiba'a. And then let me act according to it. So he asked them separately. وَأَرِينِي الْبَاطِرَ بَاطِرَ وَرْزُقْنِي اجْتِنَابًا And show me falsehood as falsehood and give me the ability to avoid it. So he separated between the knowledge and acting according to that knowledge in the dua. He asked for them separately. So this is his point, is these are separate things. ثُمَّ إِذَا لَمْ يُكُنَ الْعِلْمُ يُورِثُهُ خَشَّةً فَلَا يَزْهَدُ فِي قِرَاءَتِهِ so even if you do not get this all from the knowledge, it still should not prevent you from studying. And Imam Abu Hamid, his famous statement, I learned knowledge for other than the sake of Allah, because he initially went to the madrasa for food and shelter, because his father died, he was impoverished. The man that took care of them got to a point where he couldn't afford it. And so he took him to the madrasa, because they used to have madrasa for orphans. So they could go and learn knowledge. So he said initially he went there because they didn't have anywhere else to go. And that was where they got food and shelter. So he said, تَعْلَمْتُ الْعِلْمَ لِغَيْرِ اللَّهِ I learned it for other than Allah. I learned it for food and shelter. فَأَبَ الْعِلْمُ إِلَّا أَنْ يَكُونَ لِلَّهِ But through learning it, the knowledge that I acquired refused to be for other than the sake of Allah. 
So as he grew in his knowledge, he grew closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so he said, لَنُوا كَمَا تَقَدْمَ نِعْمَةٌ لَكِنْ يَنْبَغِي أَنْ يَكُونَ فِي قِرَاءَةِ مُتَأَدِّبًا بِآدَبَ الشَّرَعِ So he should learn it with the, the, the comportment of the sharia, with the ethics of the sharia. وَحِينَئِذًا تَسُوغُ لَهُ الْجِرَايَةُ عَلَيْهُ وَرَأَجْرُهُ And then it, it becomes acceptable to take the jiraya is like the daily bread. You know, salary actually comes from the salt that they used to give. So, so uh, there used to be the idea of giving people, like students used to get a loaf of bread and soup in Fez every day. They got a small loaf of bread and they got soup. And that was what they were given. If they got, they used to do nisq of books and then they would sell the books to get other food. But the madrasa gave them the jiraya. Is it enough to get them to last? So you can take the jiraya alayhi wal ajar and take, so you can take the food and then a stipend uh, for the knowledge. Don't be, don't be despondent because of uh, Ibn Atayla's word. Despair by what Ibn Atayyah says, because he's talking to the Arifin, he's talking to a whole other uh, level of, uh, of of spirituality. Like Shihab al-Din al-Qarafi said, it's still a blessing to know knowledge whether you act on it or not. And this is only said about negative knowledges, you know, that learning them, that, that it's, 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 it's better not to know something than to know it. This is only like magic or the, the talisman, talismanic uh, knowledge. Um, as for the, those uh, knowledges that serve, the instrumental knowledges of the sharia, like Arabic and other, the, 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 studying them is a, is a good thing. And to take a salary for that, there's nothing wrong, it's acceptable. And this is the dominant opinion of all the later scholars. And that's why when he referred, uh, uh, Dukali mentioned to Al-Barzali about that, um, that bothered Ibn Arafah, that he, you know, he explained to him why he was taking it, and he said, you know, that's saksakha, you know, it's like a joke, and so why, why, you know, why are you even bringing that? He said, from his point of view, that was true, because he was taking the wara'. But remember, the qa'ida is, that a man is scrupulous in and of himself, but he doesn't force it on other people. So if somebody wants to be scrupulous in that and not take money, that's his prerogative. إِذَا كَانَ الْقَارِئُ فِيهِ أَهْلِيَةُ إِذَا كَانَ الْقَارِئُ فِيهِ أَهْلِيَةُ ذَلِكَ I think he's saying إِذَا كَانَ لِلْقَارِئُ فِيهِ أَهْلِيَةٌ لِذَلِكَ So if he has the appropriate ability to do that وَقَرَأَ عَلَى مَا يَنْبَغِي فَأَوَلُ ذَلِكَ أَنْ يَعْتَنِي بِمَا يَنْبَنِي عَلِهِ عَمْرٌ فِي الدِّينِ The first thing you should be concerned about is what is necessary to act according to your religion. You should be like one seeking a lost thing, right? Because the Prophet ﷺ said, Wisdom is the lost property of the believer. And the munshid is the one that seeks it out. 
ولا يفرق بين أن تظهر الضالة على يده أو على يد من يقرأ معه. He shouldn't be concerned whether that lost thing uh, uh, manifests on his hand or the hand of somebody he's reading with. Mu'inan لا خصمن somebody to help him, not to uh, argue with him. ويشكر له إذا عرفه الخطأ أو أظهر له الحق. And he should be grateful if he uh, identifies for him some mistake. Uh, or manifest the truth for him. And like that, if he's taking this path, looking for this lost thing, he should remind, his companion should remind him about it uh, when it's appropriate. So he has to look at, is he grateful or is he blameful? Is, is, does he dislike it or is he happy with it? Kada Sheikh Ma'atamid, and this is the relationship of the teacher with the student. He has to, the, because there's different types of relationships. So the teacher with the student, with Tilmid Ma'ashaykh, and also the, the student with the teacher, Kilahuma, la takunu himmatuhu illa fi islahi matnin, wa takmiri naqsin, wa tabyini ma'ashkara. Hakada qala ba'adahum. So, his him, you could have a student whose himma is in rectifying the metan. Like when you read a book, there's mistakes. This book has mistakes. It's well published. There's still mistakes in it. There's sometimes there's a, some missing letter or uh, a dot missing or something. And you can make those mistakes. And, and, uh, so the, the metan that you're reading, which is the text, like the hadith, there, there are different hadith. Sometimes the, the tashkil differs according to the riwayah. Sometimes the whole word changes the meaning because of how it's uh, articulated. And, and, and there, there's two types of ulama. There's an ulama that read from their books, uh, and, and, and even the muhaddithun, there are muhaddithun that did not have great memories, but they had, they read with shiuch and they had corrected additions. And they were still considered thiqah if they read from their books. But if they lost their books, like uh, Ibn al-Lahi'a, whose, whose books, he was a thiqah before his books uh, burnt down. His house burnt down, he lost all his books. He was a thiqah before that. But then after that, he was considered weak in hadith. Because he didn't have his books to rely on. And then there's the ulama that they don't need the books, like Shaykh Abdullah bin Bayya. He carries his library with him. Like Imam Shafi'i said, ilmi ma'i haythu ma yamamtu yatba'uni. Imam Shafi'i said, my knowledge is with me wherever I go. I'm not, I, I, my sunduq, the, the chest of knowledge is in my heart. And he said, so if I'm in my house, my knowledge is in my house with me. And if I'm in the marketplace, my knowledge is in the marketplace. So wherever he went, that's, that's, the, that's the real alim is the one that fi sudur Allah says it's in the breast of people given knowledge. And then there's other people that learn the tools of knowledge and they're able to work with their books. Um, th that's a certain type of scholarship in our tradition because not everybody's gifted with the brilliant memory. So they learn a good level of grammar. They can work with the books. They read with their teachers from the books. They have their books that they've read with them and things like that. That's another level of knowledge. So these are maratib in their ranks of knowledge. Then he says, uh, so one is to rectify the metan, and one is to takmil naqs, like to complete, to, if there's something missing, 
to complete it, the deficiency. And also to make clear what's difficult in the text. So you have the problem of rectifying the text because there's mistakes in all of our written works. And, and one of the things, Shaykh Abdullah bin Bayya, Allah uh, one of the things that he found in Ibn Taymiyyah's famous Fatwa of Mardin, that there was a misprint from a hundred years ago. And all the books that were printed had this misprint in it. And the Al-Qaeda based a fatwa on that misprint. And when he refuted it and showed actually that it was a mistake, they actually uh, condemned him. Their people condemned him. And they put me in there as well because I was part of that. (laughs) So, you know, there was a misprint. And one of the ulama at that time was a little upset with the sheikh because he challenged the fatwa. He said, I don't think this is correct. Because it said, يُقَاتَرُوا بِمَا يَسْتَحِقَ And he said, this doesn't, it's not, it doesn't make sense. And so they went back and he asked somebody in Damascus to send them manuscripts of the earliest texts. And they found that it was يُعَامَرُوا, it wasn't يُقَاتَرُوا. He should be treated, not fought. And, 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 and then he found in Ibn Muflih, who was a student of Ibn Taymiyyah, in his book, it had yu'amalu. So, one of the ulama at that time, he said, we have to be suspect, uh, of, of our, of our tradition without tahqiq. I mean, I'll give you an example. Every edition of the Ahiya Ulum al-Din has major mistakes in it. Except for Dar al-Minhaj. They took 20 of the earliest makhtutat uh, and, and, and they had several scholars working on it and they brought out a critical edition. That's very important to have a critical edition. Much of our printed Torah has filled with mistakes. In Mauritania, when they do the naskh of a, a text, and I did this many times, like I, I copied out the books I studied by hand. When, when you did the naskh, then you did muqabala, which is you sit and read the whole text with other people that have the same text that are corrected. So you make, because every nasikh makes mistakes. The scribes make mistakes when you, when you write them down. And so this, this was really important. So people don't realize. I'll give you an example. In the West, when you read, well, if, if you're reading from a, a really good publishing house, you will rarely find mistakes, but you still find mistakes. But it's not that often. That's because they go through multiple edits before they actually go to the printers. In the Muslim world, they don't. It's just for tijara. So they do very fast and sloppy work. And so you literally get opposite meanings sometimes. And then sometimes they take things out that they don't like. Like I had an edition that was published in uh, one of the Muslim countries uh, that had a commentary of Imam Nawawi on the 40 hadith when it got to لا they took out right as well so this should include the non-believers that you should love for them what you love for yourself and then it said and, and, and he says because this is the angelic nature Allah is challenging us to rise above our vengeful nature to an angelic nature of forgiveness. And, and, and so Imam Nawawi wrote that. They just took it out. They didn't like it because when you're fighting the Israelis, you don't want people to, 
uh, right? That they just took it out. Because it was politically, they didn't like it. That's called khiyana. This treachery. You know, it's, it's, it's treachery with people's, uh, words. Shabrakhiti said the same thing. Uh, Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali. This is what the great Imam said, that it includes everybody. You should love for everybody what you love for yourself. The Prophet was not, uh, hashahuk. He wasn't uh, a miser with his love. He had love for all of humanity. And I wrote uh, in, in, in the, uh, the translation of Dua al-Nasri, I wrote an essay on universal love, that that's part of our tradition, that people misread the Qur'an when it says, لَا يُحِبَّ الظَّالِمِينَ He doesn't love the ظَالِمِينَ. Because he has two types of love. He has a universal love for his creation, and then he has a specific love that's only given uh, to uh, those uh, of the awliya. And, and Amir Abdul Qadir al-Juzairi made a beautiful distinction in his book Al-Mawaqif about that. So a lot of Muslims don't understand that, that rahmati wasi'at kulla shay, his mercy encompasses all things, all things. What's mercy from? It's from love. Right? Mercy is from love. It's the love of Allah that he sent the Prophet. The Prophet's existence, one of the things about the the, his ummah, and don't forget, his ummah is the Muslim and the non-Muslim. They're all included in his ummah. There's ummah da'wah and ummah istijaba. The ummah that are called and, and uh, are called, and that's everybody after he comes into the world. And then the ummah who answers, and those are the people that respond or are born into it and just inherit it. Um, so, and that's why the converts have a higher maqam, right? The Sahaba were converts, right? They didn't choose it. The the, the Prophet ﷺ said that converts get two rewards, right? They get two rewards. So it's a high station because they're choosing it. Whereas other people are just born into it, they're raised into it, they might not even really appreciate what they have. So, so he says, and this is really interesting, right? Um, وَهَكَذَا قَالَ بَعْضٌ وَأَنَا أَقُولُ تَبْيُنُ مَا أَشْكَرَ لَيْسَ بِمُتَعِينًا عَلَى الْمُقَلِّدِ You know, clarifying the difficulties of these texts is not something that the muqallid should concern himself with. If he's just a muqallid, he just follows, he doesn't, because understanding is a higher maqam. وَنُقِلِ الْخِلَافِ And there's a difference of opinion about this. فَإِنْ قُدْتَ أَنْتَ إِنَّهُمْ مُهِمْ فَأَقُلُ أَنَا لَيْسَ بِأَهَمْ so if you say it's important, I'll say it's not the most important thing. The most important thing, he doesn't make mistakes. وَالْأَوْلَى لِكُلِّ ذِي عَزْمٍ وَحَزْمٍ أَنْ يَبْدَ فِي الْعِلْمِ بِالْأَهَمْ فَالْأَهَمْ The priority of, of everyone who has resolution and resolve is that he begins with knowledge that's most important and then the next following. So you don't start learning things that are not very important before you learn the important things. قال السيد مفتي تونس البرزلي The مفتي of Tunis Barzali said لا يخلو السائل للعالم من أربعة أوجه People that ask scholars questions will fall into four categories. This is a really useful wisdom for those, especially those who teach. مرستشيدون The one who's actually seeking رشد Right? They, 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 they're seeking to, 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 to know something. وَاجِبٌ عَلَى الْعَالَمِ تِلَالَتُهُ The alam has to, uh, to point him in the right direction. وَعَلَامَةُ ذَلِكَ فِي السَّائِرِ قَبُولُهُ وَتَسْلِيمُهُ The sign of this is that he accepts it and resigns himself to it. This is the muqallid. 
Somebody who's not, they're just looking for guidance. They're not like a scholar. Just And, and, this, and if, if they're asking a valid scholar, the sign that they're mustashid, that this is their maqam, their station, is that they accept it and are resigned to it. Thank you. The next one is mustafhim. This is a student of knowledge. He's trying to understand something. Wajibun ala al-alami hidayatuhu. The, the scholar has to guide him. وَعَلَامَةُ ذَارِكَ فِي السَّائِلِ بَحْثَهُ بِالرِّفْقِ وَطَرَبُ الدَّلِيلِ بِالْوَقَارِ And the sign of this is that he's, he's seeking it gently and he's, he's requesting from you a dalil with respect. He's dignified in his request. He's not saying, like some people say, مَا دَلِيلُكَ You know, what's your dalil? Right? That's a whole other uh, attitude. And so you have to answer that one. And then there's people that are just trying to get information. Right? The Imam should be wary of this one. And because these people, they're, they're just there to argue. They want argumentation. They also want to try to expose uh, the, the words of Allah and the Messenger and the Imams of our religion in order to refute them. That's what they're looking for, is to refute them. These are like Islamophobes and people like that who study and ask questions. And, and what they're really trying to find out is just information in order to attack the religion. What, uh, and then he says, and the last one, muftunun bidawa. This is somebody who is, he is, he's being tried with a kind of claim. He sees himself as more than he actually is. Mustadrajun birru'yati lihalihi. Mustadraj is the one who's yastadrijuhum Allah. These are people that Allah takes by degrees. Um, they become deluded in themselves. So, so this is somebody who, thinks that he's something and he's really studying to to puff himself up and 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 he says about him just leave him alone you know just these these people are they have ibtila just leave him alone ونقل الامام الماوردي ان قوما تحققوا بالعلم تحقق المتكلفين ان امام الماوردي the great shafi'i scholar he uh, he related that the, some people mastered knowledge, a, a type of contrived mastery. The you know the takallafu, they learned it with takallafu. and they became notorious for it with a notoriety of being deviants. When they start to argue, you you see quickly. Uh, what, 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 what they're really about. And, and there's a lot of people like this. So these are t people that they really don't know, uh, True knowledge, but and and you find these people they learn certain verses that they always ask, 
Like, what do you say about You know, what do you say about those who don't uh, give the... I mean, I was with Sheikh Sawi and somebody asked him, Ya Sheikh, ماذا تقول في قوله تعالى وَمَنْ لَمْ يَحْكُمْ بِمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهِ فَأُولَئِكَ هُمْ الْكَافِرُونَ And this is somebody who just wants to say that the hukam of the Muslims are kafirs because they don't implement the sharia. That's what they want to do, make takfir of the rulers. So Sheikh Sawi said, could you tell me the ayah before it? So I can know the context. He couldn't. He said, can you tell me the ayah after it? He's, he couldn't. He was just exposing him, you know. And uh, and then he said, what, what, what do you do? What's your job? He said, I'm an auto mechanic. He said, Aslah sayyarat, Allah. You know, fix cars, may Allah fix you. You know? And so that's what he's saying, that there's people that learn these things, but if you actually ask them basic questions about the, 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 the school of fiqh, they, they don't know, and, and they, 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 they're kind of lost in their answers, like, uh, you know, the blind, just, uh, night blinded uh, animal the correctness doesn't uh, come from them and they don't really have the proper answer but they still don't see this as a deficiency because they contrive uh, trite answer proofs you know to, to kind of attack them so they've got their little hackneyed proofs because they read their little book on uh, the Khilafah or something like that. And, and this is, uh, and, and so they've got their responses. Or some book on Aqidah to attack people that have an Aqidah that differs from them. And then he says, They're ignorant of even the most basic things in a school of, of uh, fiqh that even a, a, a tyro would know. وَقَالُوا أَبُوْ دَرْدَى لَا تَتَعْلُمُ الْعِلْمَ لِتَتَجَمَّلُوا بِهِ فَإِنَّهُ يُوشِكُوا إِنْ طَالِبِكُمْ عُمْرًا أَنْ يَتَجَمَّلَ أَحَدُكُمْ بِعِلْمِهِ كَمَا يَتَجَمَّلُوا ذُو الْبِزَّةِ بِبِزَّتِهِ Abu Darda, the great Sahabi, said, Do not learn this knowledge to adorn yourselves with it, because the time is coming soon. If you live long enough, you will see people learning this knowledge to adorn themselves with it, like somebody adorns himself with some fancy suit. You know, put it on. It's just an outward thing. It has no inward reality, like the suit adorns your body. But there's, there's nothing under that suit other than nakedness. When Naqari ibn Abi Zayd fi sadri mukhtasarihi, ibn Abi Zayd al-Qairawani, in his uh, abridged book of fiqh, qara nabiyuna man ta'alam al-ilma li yubahiya bihi, aw li yuraiya bihi. He's, he's, uh, this must be another riwayah. Aw qabhu allahu mawqif al-dhul, wa ja'aluhu alayhi hasaratan yawm al-qiyamah, uh, it's لِيُبَاهِيَ بِهِ الْعُلَمَاءَ أَوْ لِيُرَائِيَ بِهِ السُّفَهَا Like, he, just to show off uh, to scholars and things like that, Allah will, will put him in a humiliated place and make this regret and remorse on the Day of Judgment. وَلَا يُقَرُوا هَذِهِ الْآفَةِ مِنْ قِرَاءَةِ الْعِلْمِ It should not be said that this is some fault in actually studying. إِنَّمَا هِيَ مِنْ خُبْثَ الدَّخِيلَةِ It really relates to the sickness of the person who's studying. It's, it's not the fault of the knowledge, it's the fault of the one learning. Can munafiq al-Qur'an? Like a hypocrite who reads the Qur'an. And then he says, uh, وَلِذَلِكَ قَالَ رَبِيعًا 
لا تعلم العلم سفهاءكم فيصرف اخلاقهم في don't teach this knowledge to to idiots to fools because they will they will do their foolishness with the knowledge so the knowledge gets attributed to to that foolishness so don't teach the fools this knowledge because their bad character they'll 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 express their bad character knowing this knowledge and people will associate it with this قال وهب ابن المنبه العلم كالغيث ينزل من السماء حلوا صافيا فتشربوا الاشجار فتحوره على قدر طعومها يزداد المر مراره والحلو حلاوه this knowledge is like rain that comes down from the heaven it's pure and then the 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 foliage the trees drink it in they take that water and then they transform that water based on on their nature so if they're sweet trees then it, then then that water is transformed into a sweet fruit but if they're bitter it's transi- transmitted into something bitter so this is how knowledge is depending on your tree whether you're sweet or bitter is going to be how that knowledge manifests in you so that shows you who you are it's not the knowledge it's you فالقائل اعوذ بالله من العلم يضاهي من يقول اعوذ بالله من الغيث so the one who says i seek refuge in knowledge and unfortunately we have people like that you know there's there's a type of uh you know there's a type of people in 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 deviated forms of sufism that really belittle knowledge and say ah that's outward knowledge you know the fuqaha there these people don't listen to the fuqaha the sufia they know the real thing they've tasted the true thing they have the inner knowledge that outward knowledge is just a hijab it's a veil from god that's a shaitan iblis saying that so to say i seek refuge from knowledge is like saying i seek refuge from rain qala shatabi this is an amazing statement by shatabi ajaz an-nuwar أن يتصور الاجتهاد في الشريعة من غير المسلم. The theorist of our religion ha- deemed it conceptually possible that a non-Muslim could reach the level of ishtihad. Amazing statement. Amazing statement. You know, there's a hadith that the Prophet said the end of time won't come until the the kafir will argue with the Muslim with the words of his religion. يجادل المنافق الكافر المشرك المؤمن بما يقول he'll, he'll argue with them with the very same things that he says so they'll learn the religion to argue against the religion ومن الاحياء ادركنا الشيوخ وهم يتعودون بالله من الفاجر العالم بالسنة I in the ihya he said our teachers they used to seek refuge in Allah from scholars that were profligates that didn't practice the sunnah wa rawa ibn majah bi sanadin jayyid qila mata yutrak al amru bil ma'ruf wa nahyi 'anil munkar and in ibn majah it says when should we stop doing amr bil ma'ruf and nahyi 'anil munkar he said idha zahar al ittihan fi khiyarikum wal fiqh fi aradirikum when you see cajolery and you see flattery in the best of you they're just flattering each other they never uh, and you see fiqh in the least, the worst of you the the despicable amongst the lowest segment of society 
At that time, there's no point in Amr bin Ma'ruf and Nahi an al-Munkar. وَقَالَ رَبِيعًا لَا تُعَلِّمُ الْعِلْمُ سُفَهَاءُكُمْ فَيَصْرِفُ أَخْلَاقُمْ فِي He repeated that. وَقَدْ تَقَدَّمَ قَوْلِ إِبْنِ وَهْبٍ قَالَ مَكْحُولٍ بِثِقْهَ الرَّعَاءَ فَسَادُ الدُّنْيَا وَبِثِقْهَ السَّفَرَةِ فَسَادُ الدِّينِ With the fiqh of the, the rabble is, is the ruin of the world. And with the fiqh of, of degraded people is the ruin of the religion. So when, 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 when the rabble are, uh, suddenly the rabble know everything, right? When, they, when they've got all the religious rulings, they don't listen to the ulama who tell them, don't do this. They say, no, no, we know better than you. The, the deen is destroyed. Right? Seriously. It's like revolutionaries. You know, the ulama say, don't do this. What do you know? If the fiqh is in the ra'a, that's fasadu dunya. It's ruinous for the world. And when it's in the, the degraded people, then it destroys the religion. وَكَانَ سُفْيَانِ إِذَا رَآهَا أُولَى الْقُبْطَ أَوْ الْقِبْطَ يَكْتُبُونَ الْعِلْمَ يَتَغَيِّرُ وَجْهُهُ فَقِيلَ لَهُ فِي ذَارِكَ فَقَالَ كَانَ الْعِلْمُ فِي سَادَاتَ النَّاسِ فَإِذَا خَرَجَ وَصَارَ إِلَى هَؤُلَى السَّفَرَةِ غُيَّرَ الدِّينِ he saw, Sufyan saw, and I, I'm, I'm going to assume this is Coptic, I don't, you know, because that's Qipt or Qipt is a Coptic. Um, when he saw some of the Coptic people studying the religion, he got upset about it, his face changed, and they asked him about that, he said, this knowledge was in the best people, if it goes down to uh, people from, then the religion is going to be changed. And like that it said, the, the, the trustworthy one will not be treacherous. But if a treacherous one is given a trust, he'll be treacherous. That putting forward those who Allah has, has, uh, has, uh, you know, put behind or delayed, like, you know, when you, when you have a, 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 an imam and you put forward one, somebody who's got a good voice, but they're not a faqih, and the faqih is not put forward. So that's like taqdeem and taqheer of, it's inappropriate. Because the Prophet said the end of time won't come to people put forward imams just to hear a beautiful voice. They're not really fuqaha, they just want to hear them yataqannab al-Qur'an. And so he's saying, and, and you know, Zamakhshari has very funny, um, I mean, it's not funny, it's actually quite, tragic, but um, he says, uh, you know, If they ask me about my, my school of thought, I, I don't reveal it. Concealing it is much safer for me. If I say I'm Hanafi, they say, oh, he permits wine. And everybody knows wine is haram. Because the Hanafis, the qila is a, it's a type of... Uh, grape drink that they boil and until two-thirds of it go, they drink it. And so the Hanafis permitted nabid, a type of fermented. It wasn't wine yet, but it still had a fermented. Uh, and so there was a khilaf about it. Some said it was actually had the hukum of wine. So they'll say, khalas. وَإِنْ مَارَكِيًا قُدْتُ قَارُوا بِأَنَّنِي أُبِيحُ لَهُمْ أَكَلَ الْكِلَابِ وَهُمْ هُمُ 
If I say I'm Maliki, they say, oh, he permits the eating of dogs, and, 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 and they're the dogs, right? وَإِنْ شَافِعِيًا قُدْتُ قَالُوا بِأَنَّنِي أُبِيحُنِي كَحَ الْبِنْتِ وَالْبِنْتُ تَحْرُمُوا And if I say I'm Shafi'i, they say, oh, he permits uh, marrying uh, daughters. And everybody knows the daughter's haram. And this comes from a mas'ala far'iyyah. Uh, if, if a man fornicated and, 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 and the woman had a child and it was a girl, and then he married the girl later, that legally the contract would be valid. It's you know it's a horrible thing, but it's it's one of those legal legalisms, and and so they said, oh well, that's he permits marrying the daughter, and everybody knows the daughter is haram, and the, and then he said, and if I say I'm hambali, they say he's gruff, you know, uh, anthropomorphist, heavy to be around, and. Uh, and a, uh, you know, somebody that associates with Allah. وَإِنْ قُطْتُمْ مِنْ أَهْلَ الْحَدِيثِ وَحِزْبِهِ يَقُولُونَ تَيْسٌ لَيْسَ يَدْرِي وَيَفْهَمُ And if I say I'm like Salafi, you know, like a person who just follows the Dalil, they say, you're a, uh, you're a goat that doesn't understand anything. And then he says, إِنِّي تَعْجَبْتُ مِنْ هَذَا الزَّمَانِ وَأَهْلِهِ I'm amazed at this time. And its people. Because nobody's safe from tongues of people. And this time put forward people. They, it, it put, held me back. So it held me back with all my genius and put these people forward. Why? Because they, they don't know and I know. And then he says, And since I've seen ignoramuses prospering, I realized I'm the meme, the harf meme. And, this, and the age that I'm living in is Aflah is the one whose uh, the, the lower part of the lip is... is uh, Defective, so the, so it's hard for them to pronounce the labials, like meme is a labial, and the a'lamu is the one whose upper lip is defective. So he's saying, I'm a meme, and the time I live in, they, they can't pronounce me. <laughs> you know, but that, that shows you that this is like, when he died in the sixth century. So it's all there. Right? I mean, even Mutanabbi said, Aghayatul Al-Mutanabbi said, is the extent of your knowledge that we have to trim our mustaches? Oh, oh, ummah, that other ummah are laughing at our ignorance. You know, and that's Mutanabbi, 4th century. So, you know, these are perennial problems in our community. So, then he says, uh, Ibn Mas'ud said, people will remain in a good state as long as they take knowledge from, from their elders. When they start taking it from the lower people, the ashrar, they'll go astray. Omar said, I know 
when people will be sound and when they'll be corrupted. He said, if this knowledge of the religion comes from uh, the sagir, you know, the, uh, the immature, then the mature one will find it difficult to accept it from him. Right? But if it comes from the elder, then the, the, the younger one will follow him and they'll both be guided. وَنَقْرَى أَبُوْ عَمَرْ بِسَنَدِهِ أَنْ عَطَارْ خَرَسَانِي خُرَسَانِي كَانِ إِذَا صَلَّى يَتَكَرَمُ بِكَلِمَاتٍ فَغَابَ يَوْمًا فَتَكَرَمَ رَجُمٍ مِنَ الْمُؤَذِّنِينَ فَسَمِعَ رَجَاءِ بْنُ حِيْبَ صَوْتُهُ فَقَالَ مَنْ هَذَا؟ قَالَ أَنَا قَالَ أُسْكُتْ فَإِنَّا نَكْرَهُ أَنْ نَسْمَعَ الْخَيْرَ إِلَّا مِنْ أَهْلِهِ Abu Amr relates from Atar Khurasani that when, when, uh, that he, he pray, when, when, when he used to pray, he would speak. But one day he was absent, and so one of the Mu'addins spoke in his place, and Raja ibn, ibn Hayyat heard him, and he heard his voice, and he said, Who, who's that speaking? And the man said, it's me. He said, shut up. He said, we don't want to hear uh, something unless it's from the people of this knowledge. You know, like you don't really have any right to speak uh, in place of the imam. That's not your maqam. تاب قيس بن الخمر في الجاهلية فجمع بني عند موتي فقال لهم يا يا بني احفظوا عني فلا أحد أنصح لكم مني إذا متوا فسيدوا كباركم ولا تسودوا صغاركم فيسفه الناس فيسفه الناس كباركم وتهونوا على الناس This is قيس من تاب قيس من الخمر في الجاهلية قيس made توبة from wine in Jahiliyyah. And he got all his sons together before he died. And he said to them, listen to me and remember what I'm saying. Because nobody is more sincere in his advice to me than you, to you than me. If I die, make your, your sadam, you know, your leaders from amongst your elders. And don't give, give any authority to your, to your youngsters. Because people will deem your elders incompetent if you do, and then you'll lose your dignity amongst the people. أنظر هذا مع ما نقل ابن العربي في سراجي في الاسم التاسع والسبعين. And and then I don't have that source, but he says to look at what سراج سراج ال سراج المريدين is a very important book that قاضي أبو بكر wrote that is still haven't been published. It's quoted a lot, but وانظر قول الإمام الماوردي إذا أخذوا في المناظرة ظهر كلامهم وإذا سئلوا عن واضح المذهب ضلت أفهامهم and look what Imam al-Mawardi said when they start debating you'll, you'll see who they are and if they're asked about simple questions they'd have no understanding in the إحياء he says أي فائدة في المناظرة لمن ليس له رتبة الاجتهاد what benefit is it to debate somebody that hasn't reached a level of اجتهاد now listen to this and this is the, the reality of all the people of our time. Nobody is a mushtahid mutlaq. So all these people debating, they really don't know what they're talking about. And then he said, Because 
So if he finds something in the person that he's imitating of the ulama that differs from another dalil, he has to say, he, he must have a, a dalil I don't know about. If he's not at the level of mastering all the dalils, I mean, you have to see the wisdom in this. It's not saying that you're not following the dalil. It's saying, I don't have the knowledge to question Malik or Abu Hanifa or Shafi'i. If you have that level of knowledge, you have every right to question them. But if you don't, then don't be fooled by these people that claim they do. Hum rijal wa nahnu rijal. We're men and they're men. It's not, it's not like that. ثُمَّ قَالْ مِنْ وَضَائِبًا مُتَعَلَمَ الْإِحْتِرَازِ مِنَ الْإِزْغَائِ الْإِخْتِلَافِ النَّاسِ One of the things that students have to be aware of is listening to the differences of opinion. فَإِنَّ إِزْغَاءُهُ لِذَارِكَ يُدْهِشُ عَقْلُهُ وَيُحَيِّرُ ذِهْنُهُ وَيُفَتِّرُ رَأْيُهُ وَيُؤْيِسُهُ مِنَ الْإِدْرَاكِ وَالْإِطْلَاعِ بَلْ يَنْبَغِي أَنْ يُتْقِنَ أَوَّلًا الطَّرِيقَةَ الْوَاحِدَةَ الْمَرْضِيَةَ عند أُسْتَادِهِ فَإِنْ كَانَ أُسْتَادُهُ مِنْ عَادَتِهِ نَقْلًا مَذَاهِبْ فَلْيَحْضَرْ مِنْهُ فَإِنَّ وَمَنْ هَذِهِ حَالُهُ فَهُوَ يُعَدُّ فِي عَمَلْ حَيْرَةِ وَتَيْهَ الْجَهْلِ Beware of listening to differences of opinion because these will perplex your intellects, confuse your minds, they will uh, enfeeble your opinions and cause you to despair about real true, truly understanding. Rather, you should first master one way that's pleasing with the, the ulama. Master one way that's pleasing with your, your, your teacher. And if your teacher, if it's his habit to talk about the other opinions, beware of him. Because his, his problems are greater than his good. Like he'll lead you astray in that. You'll get confused. And it's not permitted and and it makes no sense that a blind man lead the blind. And if this is his state, then you have to see that he is amongst those who have blinded perplexity and are lost in ignorance. قال المازري كنت بين يدي أستاذي في الأصول فجاء ثبت أن اليوم من رمضان فقلت هذا اليوم لا يقضي على رواية ما لا يقضى على رواية مالك وبعض أصحابي فأخذ بأذني أستاذي وقال لي إن قرأت العلم على هذا فلا تقرأ أنه يجي منك زنيديق إمام المأزري one of the truly great scholars when he was a student he said I was, I was in the presence of my teacher of usul and Mazari was a great usuli scholar so his teacher was and he said a, a, a sound source came to tell us that Ramadan had begun and so he, I said According to one opinion on the riwayah of Malik and some of his companions, we don't have to make it up, right? But you're supposed to make it up. But there's difference of opinion about it. So he quoted this differing opinion. He said, my teacher took me by the ear. Right? And that's something they call tahkim al-udhan. Like the sheikh will twist your ear. It's interesting because in Chinese medicine, it's supposed to stimulate the brain. Right? So he twisted the ear. And he said, if you're going to study knowledge... With so don't don't read it because you know it's just little heretics come out of this type of attitude. You know you won't be a big heretic; you'll be a little one. And a heretic, zindiq, is 
The, the Greek word harasea means to choose for yourself. That's the essence of heresy, is that you don't follow the tradition. You think you're big enough to choose for yourself. وقد يكون بعضهم قارئ في مسألة تداخل العدم. Now listen, listen to this. This is really, really useful. If you get this, if this is all you get, you got a lot. For the muqtasid. When you read knowledge, so this is somebody who's a moderate in his religion. When you read knowledge, he's, you know, it's, 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 it's not a necessary that he become a master of dialectic and debate. And, and, and they said, It's not necessary for a, a man to have knowledge of the essence and the accident. These are theological terms that are used in Kalam. وَإِذَا مَاتَ الصَّحَابَ رَضْوَانَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا عَرَفُوهُمَا وَلَا يَلْزَمُهُ أَيْضًا Because the Sahaba died and they didn't know the Jawhar and the, uh, the, the essence, right? The essence and the accident. وَلَا يَلْزَمُهُ أَيْضًا أَنْ يَعْرِفَ هَلْ الْإِسْمُ هُوَ الْمُسَمَّ أَوْ لَا وَلَا تَفْسِيرَ الْأَحَدِيثَ الَّتِي فِيهَا الْوَجْهُ وَالْيَدُّ وَالْإِسْتِوَاءُ وَالْكَلَامُ وَالْتَنَزُّلُ وَالْرُؤْيَةُ وَالْكُرْسِي وَالضَّحْكُ وَمَسْحُ ظَهْرِ آدَمُ وَأَنَّ قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَادٌ تَعْدِلُ ثُرُثَ الْقُرْآنِ وَلَا يُسْهَرُ وَالْمَرْءُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ عَنِ الْقَضَاءِ وَالْقَدْرِ وَلَا يَزَمُ أَنْ يَعْلَمَ حُكْمَ الْأَطْفَالِ الَّذِينَ مَاتُوا صِغَارًا وَلَا ولا فلان أفضل من فلان ولو كان صحابيا ولا هل مع الكفار ملائكة ولا حكم يأجوج ومأجوز ولا هل الروح وأرض أو جسم ولا كفية قبض الروح ومحاجة آدم موسى ورؤية النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عيسى والدجال ولا معنى ولا معنى نقص من أجله قراط ولا معنى إنما نسمة المؤمن طائر ومدى صوت المؤذن وعقد الشيطان على قافية الرأس وكيفية أكل الشيطان وشربهم شياطين وشربهم ولا معنى إنزال القرآن على سبعة أحروف ولا يزني الزاني حين يزني وهو مؤمن ولا كيفية ميزان الأعمال يوم القيامة ولا الفرق بين الفقير والمسكين ولا معنى لا ضرر ولا ضرر ولا تحسس ولا تجسس ولا معنى الذاريات والمرسلات والميسر والأب ولا متى الساعة ولا يلزم أيضا إنسان من صناعة النحو إلا ما يؤدي إلى الوقوف على كيفية تتكلم وأن ما عدا ذلك فإنه فضول كرافع المبتدي وناصب الظرف خبرا This is an extraordinary statement It's not necessary to know the essence and the accident or to know because the Sahaba died they didn't know those things it's not necessary to know, is the name the essence of the thing named? These are debates in theology. It's not necessary to know what is the interpretation of the hadith that have face and hand and istiwa and kalam or how God comes down or the vision of God and its nature or what's the kursi, what's the throne or the laughing when it mentions bahak in relation to God or that God touched the back of Adam, or that Qulhu Allahu Ahad is, is uh, a third of the Qur'an. A man will not be asked on the Day of Judgment about the Qada and the Qadr. He, it's not necessary for him to know what the ruling of children who die uh, in Kufr uh, before they reach maturity. 
nor does he know so-and-so is better than so-and-so, even if it's a sahabi? Or are there angels with the disbelievers? Or what's the ruling of Yajuj and Majuj? Or what's the nature of the ruh? Is it an accident or is it a body? Or how is the ruh seized? Or what's the nature of this debate between Adam and Musa? Or what's the vision of the Prophet ﷺ when he saw Jesus and the Dajjal? Or what's, uh, nor does he have to know the meaning of it diminishes every day in reward a carrot. Carrot meaning like carrot of gold. 24 parts. So the qirat is 124. Nor the meaning uh, that the, 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 the soul of the believer is a bird that flies. Or how far the voice of the mu'adhan goes. Or these knots that shaitan uh, ties on, on the back of a, the nape of a man's neck. Or what is the nature of the eating of the shaitan and how they drink. Or what it means that the Qur'an came down on seven letters. Or that when a person fornicates, at the time they're fornicating, they're not a believer. Or the nature of the balance of the scales of action on the day of judgment. Or the difference between a, a, a faqir and a miskin. This is a khilaf between the fuqaha. They're the first two mentioned in the ayah in Tawbah about zakat. And so what's the difference of faqir and miskin? Some say the faqir has a year's provision and the miskin doesn't have a day's provision. Some say it's the opposite. He's saying you don't have to know the differences to get into paradise. Or the meaning of la darara wa la darar, this qaida, no harm and no reciprocating harm. Or wa la tahassasu wa la don't spy and don't seek out information. Or what's the meaning of dhariyat in the Qur'an? Or mursalat? Or maysir? There's a khidaf about the meaning of maysir. Or ab in, the, in Surah Abasa when it talks about ab, abba, one of the seven foods. Omar was asked about ab. He said, what, what heaven will uh, protect me and what earth can I reside upon if I speak about the Qur'an things I don't know? So ab is one of those mysterious words in the Qur'an. So you don't have to know that. Or when the hour happens, none of these things. You don't even have to learn uh, grammar except what's enough for you to speak. Right? And anything after that is just extra, like knowing why something right? What makes the mubtada marfu' and 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 what makes the dharf mansub. What a relief. Huh? Seriously, what a relief. Ibn Atayla said, God's not going to ask you about the Qadr and the Qadr on Yawm Qiyamah. But he's going to ask you about his awamr and his nawahi and he's, uh, about his commands and prohibitions. He said, so seek him where he seeks you. Don't seek him in knowing the mysteries of the Qadr. Seek him where he seeks you. وَقَدْ يَكُونُ لِلْعَالَمْ فِي هَذَا الْمَأْخَذْ مَقْصَدٌ يَصِيرُ ذَلِكَ كُلُّ لَهُ حَسَنَةً بِنِسْبَةٍ كَقَوْلَ الْمَأْزِرِ لَمَّا فَرَغَ مِنَ الْحُكْمِ عَلَى مَنْ نَسِيَ صَرَاتًا وَثَانِيَتَهَا وَنَحْوَ ذَلِكَ And so the alim, he has reasons for learning all these things because all these things can be learned. Like, you know, all these things that he mentioned, Sheikh uh, Faraz, uh, you know, uh, Imam Afroz, They've, they've studied them. There's people here that have studied these things and the debates about these things. But they're not necessary for people to know it's a fard kifaya on some people to study these things. And then, and then, 
And anything other than that, it's, they're extra. So he says, for instance, when Imam al-Ma'ziri talked about the hukam of the one who forgets his prayer and then the next one, and he said, I'm just mentioning these, I'm just mentioning this to stretch your minds a little bit so that when you come to other things that are really important that you'll be able to grapple with them. So he's saying sometimes you study things as a kind of mental exercise. وَقَدْ قَصَّمَّا فِي الْأَحْيَاءِ الْعُلُومِ الْمَحْمُودَةَ وَأَنَّ مِنْهَا عُلُومًا لَيْسَتْ بِشَرْعِيَةٍ كَالطِبِّ وَالْحِسَابِ وَقَالَ وَكِيلَاهُمَا فَرْضُ كِفَايَةٍ لَوْ خَلَى الْبَلَدُ أَمَّنْ يَقُومُ بِذَارِكَ لَا حَرِجَ أَهْلُ الْبَلَدِ وَإِذَا قَامَ بِذَارِكَ أَحْدٌ سَقَطَ عَنَ الْبَاقِينَ And in the Ihya, he divided the knowledge, the beneficial knowledge, and, and, and those knowledges that are not from the Sharia, like medicine and, uh, and mathematics. And he said, both of them are fard kifaya. In other words, they're part of the, the ulum al-shari'iyah al-musa'ida. They support the religion. And so some people have to learn it. And if a, a, a city or a country doesn't have it, then people will, they'll, they'll be constrained, they'll be hard pressed in, 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 in that city. And if some do it, then the others have no obligation. Then he said, Don't be amazed that these are considered collective obligations. The foundational crafts are also from Farqifaya. The foundational crafts are the things that we need as humans, like zira'a, agriculture, husbandry, hiyaka, um, uh, like uh, textiles, uh, engineering. Um, uh, mathematics, so you can, all, all of these things are things, crafts that need to be studied, and so they're all farqifaya. And then he says, uh, and he said, if, 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 if you don't have a hajjam, like somebody who bleeds people, then it's a very bad thing. He said, لَسَرَعَ الْهَلَاكُ إِلَيْهِمْ وَحَرِجُوا بِتَعْرِيدِهِمْ أَنفُسُمْ لِلْهَلَاكِ And, and, and they're, they're, they're hard pressed because they're exposing themselves to destruction. فَإِنَّ الَّذِي أَنزَلَ الدَّاءَ أَنزَلَ الدَّوَاءَ The one who sent down the cure sent down, the one who sent down the disease sent down a cure. وَأَرْشَدَ إِلْ إِسْتَعْمَارِ And showed people how to treat these things. وَعَدَّ الْأَسْبَابِ لِتَعْطِيهِ And gave us the means in order to do so. So you can't expose yourself to destruction by ignoring these things that God has given us. And then those things that are virtuous but not an obligation, delving deeply into them, like knowing the, the details of mathematics or the, the, the secrets of medicine and things like that, that you really don't, they're not necessary. He said, they, nonetheless, they, they give greater strength. Um, and, and so in that way, they're good. And then he says, this is for things that aren't associated with the sharia. So what about those things that are associated with the sharia? مَا لَا يُتَوَصُرُوا What you can't achieve without it, uh, uh, what you can't achieve, when you can't achieve an obligation without it, that thing, the means, also becomes an obligation. 
And then he said, وَقَارِ فِي الْإِحْيَاءِ وَأَمَّا الْمُبَاحِ مِنَ الْعُلُومِ فَالْعِلْمُ بِالْأَشْعَارِ الَّتِي لَا سُخْفَ فِيهَا وَالتَّوَارِيخِ الْأَخْبَارِ وَمَا يَدِرِي مَجْرَاهَا As for the permissible, those knowledges you can learn, like poetry, as long as it's not uh, nonsensical, like stupid poetry, uh, and history, and, and those type things. وَمِنْ نَحْوِ هَذَا قَوْلُ الْحَافِظَ أَبُوْ عَمَرَ فِي اسْتِذْكَارِهِ قَارِ مَعْرِفَةُ وَعَمَارُ الْعُلَمَاءِ وَالْوُقُوفُ عَلَى وَفَايَاتِهِمْ مِنْ عِلْمٍ مِنْ عِلْمِ خَاصَةِ أَهْلَ الْعِلْمِ لِأَنُّهُ لَا يَنْبَغِي مَنْ وَسَمَ بِالْعِلْمِ نَفْسَهُ جَهْلُ ذَلِكَ وَإِنَّهُ مِمَّا يَلْزَمُهُ مِنْ الْعِلْمِ الْعِنَا this is a special knowledge for the, the elect of the people of knowledge. Uh, it, not everybody has to do it. Uh, and it, and those who brand themselves with knowledge, you know, if, if, they, if they mark themselves as knowledgeable people, they should know these things. But uh, not everybody has to know them, right? So, you know, I mean, Sheikh Muhammad Yaqubi, you know, you ask him any alim and he'll give you his, his name, his father's name, his death date, usually when he was born. You know, he knows all those. Sheikh Abdullah bin Bayyan knows all those. You know, we know some of them. <laughs> but it, that's, a, that's a good knowledge to have when people died. Because uh, you know the generation they were in, the ulama that were alive at the time. All of them are in paradise. All these people. And so, the Prophet said, سَابِقُنَا سَابِقُنَا وَمُقْتَسِدُنَا نَاجٍ وَظَالِمُنَا مَغْفُورٌ لَهُ So our sabiq is an outstripper. Our moderate one is, uh, has salvation. And the one who impressed himself is going to be forgiven. And we ask Allah. And then he says, نَسَرَ اللَّهِ الْعَظِيمِ أَنْ يُحَقِّقَ لَنَا هَذَا الْوَعْدَ الْكَرِيمِ وَأَنْ يَنْفَعَ الْبَعْضَ بِالْبَعْضِ وَأَنْ يَغْفِرَ لَنَا أَجْمَعِينَ إِنُّهُ أَرْحَمَ الرَّاحِمِينَ ثُمَّ مِنْ دُونِ هَذَا الْمَقَامِ مَقَامٌ آخر وهو مقام السادس And then he says that, you know, may Allah realize this promise in us, may he benefit some of us with others, may he forgive us, all of us. Uh, he is the most merciful of those who show mercy. And then after this maqam, there's the sixth maqam. How much time left? So I can finish tomorrow, inshallah. We'll finish the tadalli, because the, the, the last few are actually quite short. Um, but we should do the sixth one tomorrow. Yesterday in the women's section you mentioned that some scholars said that women shouldn't be taught how to write because of the possible fitna that it may cause. Because reading and writing are mostly taught together in the West. I assume that meant um, scholars felt that the women should be illiterate. Yeah, no, that's not true. Um, what, they, what they felt was that, the, that, you know, you have to remember, these ulama, their main goal was to protect society from facade. 
and, and, and they were worried, like now you have texting. That's why I mentioned it with texting yesterday. There's a lot of male men and women text now, and, and it opens the door of facade. Even now, I read an article that Imam Tahir posted, you know, how young girls in high school are sending naked pictures to, you know, boys, and it's horrible. So these are the type of things. They're talking about the general mass of people. And like I said, Marat al-Hajj rejected that um, opinion, but that was uh, an opinion uh, amongst many ulama. And for that reason, women tended to study. Uh, they learned to read, but they were not encouraged to write. So that, that is true, and it, it's a blemish on our community. You know? But, but the, the, the reason behind it was that fear. And, and this happens now in many Muslim countries. The, the texting is a, is a way that men and women communicate for facade. Um, you know, and, that part, and that's part of the reason why women did not write as much. But there were many great ulama in the history of Islam that were women. And certainly Aisha is one of the greatest. Um, Aisha, the other thing Imam Siyuti and others mentioned, that there, in the history of Islam, no woman was ever known to fabricate hadith of the Prophet. It's one of the things that they say is a great uh, honorific uh, truth about the female scholars of Islam, they never fabricate. There's no waba'a. There's no woman in the history of hadith literature known to have fabricated a, a hadith of the Prophet. So, and there are many women that related hadith. How do we go from merely memorizing and studying of knowledge to acting upon it? Does having knowledge but not acting on it constitute a sin? It depends on what the knowledge is. For instance, you can learn Arabic grammar um, and, you know, when, when, you, when you live in an Arab world, it's very difficult to speak classical fusha with Arabs because it sounds funny to them. And, um, you know, the ulama tend to do it, not all of them, but some tend to do it. Um, and uh, Sheikh Abdullah bin Bayya almost always speaks uh, flawless Arabic. Every once in a while, when he's with Mauritanians, he'll dip into uh, Mauritanian Arabic. But generally, he speaks flawless Arabic. I, I've, I, I've never heard him uh, do a, a lahan in all the years I've been translating for him. I've never heard him make a mistake grammatically, which is really amazing. Um, it's very hard to do. Um, but, you know, the ulama, but Dr. Alma, when he, he told me years ago, when he first got to Egypt, he'd studied classical Arabic, and he got into the taxi, and he said... Uh, Assalamu alaikum. You know how he's like, mashallah. He said, Assalamu alaikum. Uridun adhabi ila suqi min fadrika liyashtariya ba'adar agharab. And when he finished, uh, the guy said, Sadaqallah al azim. So, you know, you, you, you learn grammar. You learn grammar, but, you know, it's, it's not always that easy to speak it um, uh, in, in a classical way. Right, and and Dr. Omar tends to speak almost with tajweed when he speaks, <laughs> literally. You know, I told him the first lesson I ever learned from him. I I mentioned Khalid ibn Walid. He said, "Let's call Khalid كما يقوله العرب قل خالد لأن لأنها حرف مفخمة." You know, like say Khalid because it's don't say it like the Arabs say it now. Khalid, say Khalid because it's حرف مفخمة. So. So, you know, but learning the basic things, you should practice them. 
learning thing, like if you hear the hadith, whoever prays four rakats before dhuhr and four rakats after, the fire won't touch him. You know, I mean, that's a pretty major incentive to try to do that. Um, and, you know, man amira bima arima awratahu Allahu ilma ma'alam ya'lam. Ahmed and others have said, whoever uh, acts according to a knowledge that he has learned, God will give him a knowledge that he hasn't learned. Allah. I mean, that's not really a jumla sharqiya, and, and, but the ulama have taken from it the ishara, that if you have taqwa, God will give you more knowledge. It's, it, it doesn't mean that literally in the Qur'an. But the ulama took an ishara from that. The actual meaning is You know, have taqwa and God will teach you what you need to know to have taqwa. But the ishara of that is if you have taqwa, then God will give you knowledge from that taqwa. And there are people that Allah has given great knowledge to that were very... Uh, I mean, if you read uh, Sa'aduddin Taftazani's story, you'll be amazed at the opening that he had, because he was actually considered not very smart. When, but he had just incredible himma and really worked hard. And, the, and he had a vision of the Prophet ﷺ. He, he uh, you know, spit into his mouth, and after that, pearls of wisdom came flowing from him. Even his teacher recognized it, that something major had happened to him. Um, they used to make fun of him in the, uh, it's also like, uh, I mean, from the Christian tradition, Aquinas was like that. They called him the dumb ox. They used to make fun of him. Um, and he had incredible openings. I mean, anybody that's read Aquinas knows that, you know, this was, uh, intellect of, of the first order. Um, and Aquinas, he never finished the Summa. And at the end of it, he said he had a vision in which he realized everything that he had written what was meaningless. He literally said it was it was chafe, tibba, which is a very unusual thing to say. I mean, the Catholics interpret it to say, no, no, he didn't really mean that. But it's a very interesting thing that he said. Um, so, so just try to do, you know, taqullah mustafa'atum, have taqwa to your degree and ability, and just try, you know. Um, somebody wrote a, a, a note yesterday that I, they gave me about, like, that I shouldn't say anything homophobic and that, that I'm insulting people that are, ha, might be homosexual or something like that here. Um, I don't remember saying that. If I said about love uh, wins, that hashtag, you know, my point from that was, is that we, we, we don't, we can't, our religion cannot accept same-sex marriage. It's as simple as that. So for us, it's not love wins. It's more like kufr wins. Um, it's as simple as that. You know, uh, if people have that tribulation, um, you know, that, that is, it's a tribulation like many tribulations. It's a tribulation. If you're, if you're attracted to somebody of the same sex, that that's a tribulation. But acting upon it is what's haram in our religion. If somebody has those feelings, they can't control their feelings. Um, and, and, you know, they're supposed to be patient and um, not put themselves in situations where they're going to be tempted. Um, so just like men that are, uh, and women who are attracted to each other, they shouldn't put themselves in situations where they're going to be uh, tempted either. So that, that's my point, is that Muslims should not 
because of the zeitgeist, and I guess some people don't know, you know, that's, that's just the spirit of the age. It's like whatever the latest mode is, the fashion, that we can't change our religion for the zeitgeist, um, that we have to maintain the truths of our religion. Um, and, uh, and one of the truths of our religion is that certain types of, of sexual practices are prohibited. Rectal intercourse, whether it's male on male or male on female, is haram in the Sharia. It doesn't distinguish between homosexual or heterosexual. It is prohibited for a man to penetrate a, a woman rectally or a man. It's the most dangerous form of sexual practice, according to the World Health Organization. It's a pathogenic practice. It can literally be mortal. One time, it can be a, a death sentence. And, and the Sharia is here to protect us. It's as simple as that. It's here to protect us. Um, so that, that was my point. So I was uh, surprised that people would, um, anyway, it doesn't matter. So what is the stance uh, with postmodern Muslims you like taken uh, from a living tradition as elitist? I know, I, you know, somebody probably saw that, like this sounds a little elitist in here, you know, that one section. I was, I was kind of tempted not to read that section <laughs> for that reason, you know, because I thought mm, people are going to misunderstand this. Um, and, and possibly stained by the Foucaultian power dynamics, non-egalitarian, etc., I've seen that many of our brightest Muslims with the most prestigious degrees are increasingly coming under this sort of liberal influence and that it is a gateway of shuk in the deen causing uh, many, I know personally, to even leave the religion altogether. I, you know, I think it's a, it's a real, it's interesting. Um, one of the things about Islam is that it really has an egalitarian spirit that none of the previous dispensations had. Um, in, in Christianity, Christianity was similar to Hinduism in that they actually had castes in, in classical Christianity. So you had the aristocracy, you had um, the gentry, you had the, the clergy, uh, and then you had the laity, which were not educated. They were actually kept out of education. And, and you had the serfs, right, the peasants, um, Similar to Hinduism, where you have the Brahman, uh, the uh, the Kishtiya, the Vaishya, and the the Shudra, the Dalit, you know, uh, they're they're put into these categories. What what Islam recognizes is that every society has those categories, but they should not be imposed on you. So every society has untouchables, the people that do that work that nobody else wants to do, right? Every society has garbage men. Every society has, you know, these people that do things that I wouldn't do or you wouldn't do, but somebody has to do them. In, in certain religions, they were, they were literally born into that. But in, in, in other societies, they, they could, in essence, be born into it in poverty, and, 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 and this is what they do, something like that. And then you have the commercial class, Right? You have, so you have the service class, so they're like serfs. And then you have the commercial class. And then you have the Brahmins, you have the educated elite. Right? So to deny these things is simply to deny life on earth. What Islam does is it allows people to, to be upwardly mobile. 
It's a meritocratic system that allows a person who's born into abject poverty to become a great scholar, like Sidi Ahmed Zarruq, who's one of the greatest scholars of our religion. So don't misunderstand this. What they were saying was, is that, you know, don't teach people that don't have the intellect. And unfortunately, there are people that literally cannot grasp certain things. This is simply a fact of life. It doesn't mean that, that, that they're less as a human being. What it means is if you give people that don't have the intellectual capacity to absorb this information, if you give them this information, they're going to misuse it. And so it has to be kept within a class of people where their intellects are... And, but those people have to be aware of not becoming arrogant and thinking they're better because our tradition tells us the street sweeper can be the wali of God and the alim can be a mutakabbir and a munafiq and have a much harder time getting into paradise. And so that's the difference is that we have to be aware of that. It's not an elitist thing in that way. In fact, it's a great tribulation to have a lot of knowledge because you're accountable for what you know. And the more you know, the more accountability you have, the more responsibility you have. Look at Ibn Wahbin, who cried when that man told him that story. Because he, he all he wanted to do is just leave me alone. You know, I want, I want to worship Allah, leave me alone. You know, dealing with people is very difficult. The Prophet ﷺ said, المؤمن الذي خالط الناس وصبر على أذاهم خير من المؤمن a believer that engages with people and is patient with, the, with their, 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 the, the, their cruelty, the way they mistreat them, the way they, the Prophet was mistreated. The scholars now, the scholars used to have a lot of respect. They don't have respect. The way people talk to them now, that they put them at the same level. Just look at some of the posts of people about great scholars. Look at what they write on the internet. Muslims. Even though Allah says, husna, Speak well to all people, not just to the scholars, to all people. Look what the Qur'an says. The Prophet said, Whoever believes in Allah on the last day, let him speak good or be silent. And then the scholars make mistakes. They have zallat. They make mistakes. So uh, it's not easy to mix with people. People have a lot of problems. They bring you their problems. It's difficult. It's, it's weighty. You know, it weighs heavily on people's shoulders. People don't respect that. And then everybody's got their problems. We all have problems. You don't know my problems. I don't know your problems. You don't know what I'm going through. I don't know what you're going through. People have medical problems. There's people in this room that have medical problems that we don't know about. You know? So this is life on earth. But this idea somehow that Muslims, it was all elitist and aristocrat, it's not true. The, the early period of Islam, it was the slaves that took over the religion. And the aristocrats of the Quraysh were very troubled by it. And there are many riwayat where they say, look, this is Allah's deen, he gives it to whom he pleases. They were troubled by all these mawali. They were freed slaves that became the great ulama of Islam in the early period. We have the Mamluk ruled Egypt. They were slaves. It was a slave class. They ruled Egypt. So this idea somehow that Muslims were elitist and elect and they belittled the people, it's not true. The Muslims went down and they taught and elevated people. The ulama sat with ignorant people. Muli al-Arabi al-Darqawi went to the mountains of the Atlas with the most ignorant people to teach them the religion. You know, this was the, this is what the people did. 
They went and sat with the, the ignorant people, with the prisoners. They elevated people. Sidi Ahmed Zarruq, a whole clan of thieves became Muslim at his hand. And then he ended up living with them in Misrata and teaching them the religion. They were highway brigands that actually stole everybody's clothes and he refused to take off his clothes. And then when they tried to get him, the, the, something kept happening to each one of them and then they realized that he was a wali, they all made toba with him. And they ended up being, they're called Khadamu Zarruq, the servants of Zarruq. Because they made toba and they took bay'ah with him. That's where he ended up living in Misrata, even though he came from Fez. And the Fezis treated him because he was not one of the notables of Fez. They, they mistreated him. So you have the, the aristocratic elite ulama that look down on people. Sidi Mawak wasn't like that. He wrote all this to try to convince the ulama to be gentler with people, to, to teach them the religion. So it's really important that I think people have to be aware of that. And, you know, if people don't leave Islam, I don't believe that. I think Islam leaves them. I really do. I don't think people uh, leave Islam. I, I really don't. But I also believe that there are going to be people that will have excuses with Allah on the Yom Qiyamah because of what Muslims did to drive them out of the religion. You know, it's very unfortunate. While the importance of scholarship cannot be underestimated, we seem to be having serious issues in the U.S. placing and making best use of our scholars, whether local or who have done, gone abroad to study and come back, especially ones who have specialized in certain areas. Masjids aren't the right environment, and most don't view Western academia as a viable option either. And we have a couple of institutions like Zaytuna. Some have completely changed paths to work in business. How do we make best use of our scholars and help them? I am looking into specific projects, but would like to hear general uh, advice. Well, first of all, I, I, it's a really good question. First of all, I would say it's people have to go through a kind of trial and tribulation, you know. I mean, this idea that you go abroad and you, and you come back and, and just get into a nice cushy job and things like that. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of these young scholars have this attitude. They don't, when I came back after 10 years of studying abroad, there was nothing for people, you know. I didn't go to nursing school to work in the U.S. I actually wanted to go back to Mauritania and to help people because I was so distraught by uh, the lack of medical services that I saw there and I, and I was thinking about going to medical school and, and a close friend of mine at the time, a physician, convinced me not to. And I actually spent two years studying with him. Um, I made rounds every day with him and in the hospital. He was a brilliant physician. Um, and that was my idea to go back to Mauritania. Allah had other plans for me. I ended up staying in America. But, uh, but I worked, you know, as a, as a, a critical care nurse uh, for several years. Um, you know, I've taught, I've, I've, I've always worked, I haven't, you know, this idea that you just come in and it's all laid out for you and things like that. I mean, I struggled a lot. I had student loans that I had to pay off. Um, I didn't take any usurious ones, but I did borrow money when I was studying. So, um, you know, I, I think people, this expectation that it all has to be laid out for them, I think is, uh, is a dangerous one, because entitlement is a really... Uh, negative thing in Islam. And there's a lot of young people that just have this entitlement. Like I see it in some of the students. You know, this idea that everything is just supposed to be done for them. You know, 
people wanting, like students wanting, like, like, you know, get us this and get us that. And it's amazing to me. Like I lived in a hut. I mean, when I studied, I didn't have any money. I went overseas with real trust because I did not have anything. And I went, and alhamdulillah, Allah took care of me along the way, but I really had a lot of trials and tribulations. Uh, I got amoebic dysentery. I got hepatitis A. You know, I mean, I, I had a lot of struggle, really. I, di- I, I almost died a few times. I, I got heat stroke in the Sahara. It was one of the worst things I've ever experienced in my life. I spent two weeks in a, a hellhole of a, a jail in Mali. You know, so people, you know, they see you and, oh, you know, they don't, they don't know, you know, the struggles. And, and that's true of, you know, I've seen that. Sabr al-Ulama, I mean, uh, Abdul Fattah Abu Ghudda wrote a book about that, about the trials of scholars. You know, poverty is one of the trials of this life. You know, it, it's a struggle. And, and it's good to go through it because you know how poor people feel. You know, if everything's taken care of you. But knowledge is also something you, that if you get enough of it, you will, people will honor you very often. And even sometimes, you know, you get, uh, you get gifts, you get things. People, you know, that does happen, but usually after a long period of time, you know. So those are things to think about. Um, but it's good to give people job. But a lot of these guys, they don't want to be imams. You know, when I came back, I served voluntarily as imam. I never got an honorarium. I never remember getting an honorarium. The first honorarium I got was from a Christian church that I went and spoke to, and I was shocked. Like, he gave me an honorarium. I was like, what's this? He said, you know, it's just an honorarium. You know, I was like, it was the first time. Muslims never gave me honorariums. All the times that I went around, I went all over England, you know, I gave many talks with just handfuls of people in in masjids, you know, before big crowds and all these things, you know. So there's this idea, just oh, you know, why why aren't why don't I get that? Why aren't I? And then there's people that now they just want to study for that. Like when I went to study, I never had the idea of teaching even, like to become a teacher. That wasn't in my mind. I was studying for myself because I wanted to learn the religion, and and I was very confused initially because everybody was telling me different things. And it's like, I wanted to learn the religion for myself so I didn't have to rely on all these misinformation out there because there's so many different things. So I think it's important for people, these students of knowledge, to really just think about um, what their niyyah is and, and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you uh, tribulations. This is, uh, I, I get this question a lot that, um, that, uh, you know, they're studying medicine, but they want to study the deen in a serious way. Um, medicine is definitely part of the religion. You're fulfilling a far, uh, kifaya. Um, obviously it's questionable because we have so many doctors, but you do need a certain amount. Uh, uh, but if that's your niya, you know, it's like when you pay taxes, make the intention that it only goes to the postal services. You know, seriously, that's your niya. I'm only supporting the roads and the maintenance of the roads and the postal. So I don't, none of this is going. It's not going to the bombs. It's not going to the, you know, whatever evil the governments do with the money. It only goes to good. You have to make intention uh, when, when you do that. So, um, you know, you should make the intention to serve people, to keep their bodies well, 
for the sake of Allah, and that's you're 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 doing something that's an obligation, and you're getting a reward for that. Even if you're an engineer, it doesn't matter as long as you're doing good things. If you're an engineer and you're working making playstations, yeah, I would I would really try to get out of that as soon as possible. I'm serious. You know, these things are destroying people. Um, I've often found shiuch get offended when I ask for delil. I'm told that this is knowledge is beyond me, which leaves me feeling uninspired. I, you know, a scholar should not say that. If you're asking genuinely, like he said, if you're mustafim, you want to understand. And look, everybody here is educated to some degree. You know, some of us have more education than others, but everybody's educated. You're all educated. You can all read and write. You have every right to know if you want to understand what the delil is. The truth is, many of us don't know the delils for these things. Because most of us have studied within a madhab and we, and we haven't mastered the delils. Knowing delil is a very high maqam. Um, and the delils are complicated because they involve usul. They're not just following a hadith or ayah of Quran. They involve a whole rigorous methodology of determining um, the outcome by following that methodology. The essential delils are the book and the sunnah and then the ijma' and the qiyas. Those are the essential ones. And then you have istihsan, sadda baraya, uh, with the manakis, amal ahl al-madina, you have istislah, barat al-asriya. I mean, you have, uh, you know, different, different things. So, uh, and those are the muhtarafiha delils. But um, people should give you the delil. Or if they don't know it, they should find it out and get back to you. Just say, I'll get back to you on that. But the idea of saying it's above you, that's not really fair. Um, Ibrahim asked Allah to show him how he brings things to life. And, and, and Allah said, "Awalam tu'min." You know, so he asked him, "You know, don't you believe?" He said, "No, I, but I want. I just want a settling in my heart." You know, it wasn't that he didn't believe, but he wanted to really have even stronger certainty in the thing. So, because there are degrees of certainty. So, if you trust the madhab has a delil, but you would like to know it, I don't. I don't see anything wrong with that. And I think people should help you in that. Inshallah, tomorrow we'll finish the tadelli. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to get into the taraqi, which is unfortunate. But uh, uh, you'll, the, the last uh, sections on, on those low maqams, which most of us are residing in, they're, <laughs> they're good to know. At least you know that you're, inshallah, bidni la people of paradise, inshallah, no matter where we are. Jazakumullah khairan, subhanakumullah, alhamdulillah, shadu an la ilaha illa anta, astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk.